Hey guys, Jennifer Hobbs here, joining us back. Thank you for joining us back on Celebrate the Struggle, a podcast where I really want to encourage our listeners and our guests to get comfortable with the uncomfortable and let us talk about those things that we typically don't come out and talk about, whether because it's stigmas or just because it's an uncomfortable space, but I really want to um, go there. And so today I have Mrs. Melissa Klensick on here. She is currently pursuing a degree in exercise science. And I believe Melissa, you had a birthday yesterday, right? Yes. Yes. Nice. Now, Melissa, I hope you're going to be okay with this because I always do halfway marks for everyone. So I would say happy halfway to a hundred, Melissa. <laughs> Woo! You still have like over half your lifetime left. That's awesome. Assuming you live to a hundred, right? All right. So, so folks, like I said, Melissa is currently pursuing a degree in exercise science and has a desire to help veterans. And so I'm happy to have her here. And because uh, that's what I want to do too. I want to help veterans and their families. And then hopefully just anyone that I can reach outside of there. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, like where you come from. Um, born and raised, well, born in Ohio. I was a military brat, like most um, folks who get into the military, it's usually a, um, a desire to follow in your father's footsteps or mother nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved everywhere. Uh, I got married my first time when I was 18. Um, was married for 15 years. Joined the service. Got divorced. Joined, I divorced. Joined the service. Um, and now I found my current husband. Okay. And I know you had mentioned in our emails, you know, um, which we will go to that part and talk a little bit more about that struggle. But I want to back it up a little bit because you said, you know, married at 18. And in my head, no judgment, but I'm thinking, whoa. So, um, like, were you like in love and that's what led you to get married or was it, uh, what was that? Like, what, what, what made you want to get married at 18? Can I, ask, <laughs> can I ask you that? Is that okay? Yes, it's okay. Um, naive. I was simply naive. Um, the fact that I should have waited a little bit more because I had a desire to join the service and become an astronaut was my goal and um growing up with a single mom I felt that was the only path I could take was to join service to get the GI bill get college um and I thought that was a good path sure but then he was like oh but no and I was dating someone he's like no marry me and I was like well I grew up military and I didn't like moving all the time, making new friends and leaving those friends. And I was like, I don't want that for a family. So mm-hmm. I decided not to at that point. Yeah. I, I like that you're honest. You say, because I was naive, because I mean, I can't think of anybody that's 18 and not naive. So I tend to be a little naive myself, even at 22. No, let's, I'm not 22. I'm 37, but um, okay. So you get married at 18. You, you were married for 15 years and then, um, or was it 15 years later, you joined the military? Both. I okay. was married for 15 years and then decided to join later. Yes. And what job, which is so cool that you wanted to be an astronaut. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and 
every time I think of you, I'm going to think of Melissa, the <laughs> astronaut. Um, <laughs> so what was your job in the military? What branch did you join? Uh, the Air Force. I did not follow my dad's footstep of, of Navy because I didn't like the tour we had of the boat. It was too, I'm a tall girl. There'd be a lot of banging my head and banging my knees going through the ships. So I was uh-huh. like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. I like planes, but not on a ship. Right. And I feel like wanting to be an astronaut, like you got the closest you could get with Air Force. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. And so uh, your job, like, what did you do? Um, oh, I'm a, I was a cyber nerd. So you're, you're total random IT geek. Oh, Okay. I'm so not that. So you're going to be sorry you said that now that I will blow up your email with tons of questions. No big deal. <laughs> so how many years did you spend in the military? I'm just shy of 16. Nice. Now, do you, did you retire? Do you have to do 20 to retire? I separated for reasons of, um, I was on an admin hold for the past two years with PTSD. So I'm just like, I'm over it. Yeah. And with this current administration, I decided it was time to go. Yeah. I always felt like I would be a lifer myself. Um, and I clearly that didn't happen. Like it got to a point to where I got back to the unit and I'm looking around and things don't look the same anymore and they don't feel the same. And actually it all ends up just being making that PTSD worse. And so I'm glad you mentioned that. Let's go there. Let's go to that place where people, people don't want to talk so much because I mean, and I, and I mentioned this in in the book I wrote, uh, calmed growth after trauma, but PTSD tends to be kind of like ADHD, like overdiagnosed, underdiagnosed, like all these different labels they want to put on it when it's a label in itself. And like, then you become, sometimes it even, you even become like seen as a threat to society or like, you know, not very competent potentially at your job. And so when did you start to see your PTSD kind of start to show its ugly face? Did it take a while or did you kind of, um, And you're welcome to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but with that being said, like you're, uh, if you want to kind of tap into like, what was the struggle that brought on those feelings? Did it kind of resonate as a child or in your teenage years and then just get worse through your, cause I I mean, I was, I was a victim of, you know, spouse abuse, domestic abuse with my first husband for 15 years. I mean, it escalated to the point where he tried to kill me. So that was one of the number one reasons of leaving that marriage. Yeah. Um, and that would cause my first tour to Iraq. Practice. My first tour to Iraq wasn't so bad, but I was starting to feel um, having some sleep issues, having slight panic attacks, but nothing that was out, you know, enough to get a diagnosis. Yeah. Not that I was seeking help, but um, it was the second deployment that um I saw a lot more action because I was integrated with the army um I was supposed to be just a cyber geek watching people do stupid stuff on the network and it turned into being security detail Mm -hmm. so something I was it was you know facing the enemy seeing the enemy being bombed attacked it was a little much Mm -hmm. so when I got home I was uh, you know right off the bat I was having trouble sleeping so I figured hey I'll cope with 
alcohol, maybe that will help me sleep. And then I was having vivid nightmares and panic attacks and the range of emotions. And I just wanted it all to end. And I, by um, March of 2012, I was suicidal. So I was having those ideations and I decided (laughs) it was a friend that's like, you need help. Well, they already diagnosed me with PTSD. How much more can they help? They're just throwing drugs at me. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely something that seems to be common over talking to veterans. And I really hope that that is changing in more places than just what I've seen around here. But, you know, back to what you had said toward the beginning of that, it made me think about something you had said, you know, after your first deployment, you were having sleep problems and you said minor panic attacks, but nothing big enough, nothing big enough for a diagnosis. And that's where I feel like, um, that's kind of like those preconceived notions or like self lies that we tell ourselves because really you did, I mean, in my opinion, you know, and I'm a nobody, but, uh, you, that is PTSD, you know, and that was obviously like starting to come on. And like, those are those feelings that so many veterans and non-veterans, people that have had struggle or trauma, like they feel those feelings of like, oh, but I'm not like this. And like, you do that comparison game. And then finally, when it's for some of us, like once it's like out of control and like you're having you know, suicidal ideations. And then you're like, and then you're like, oh, okay, now, now I'm qualified to, to go be honest about this. And so it's interesting you say that, because I feel like that's kind of common across the board and thank God for your friend being a good friend to say something, because that is exactly what we all need to do. Just, just ask, have you ever heard of the overwatch project. Mm -mm. Okay. Well, I just learned about it in the past six months as I've tapped into wounded warrior project and I've done a lot of different virtual events, but the overwatch project, uh, is on a mission to help raise enlightenment and support for uh, veteran suicide and their, their hashtag, their motto is just F and ask. And it's the, the, the full F word, but it's like, just F and ask, like, don't be afraid to ask. Let's make a plan. And so that is an awesome friend to have. And so, so how, how did that go as you started to seek help? I'm sure it's been, been a road and it continues to be a road, huh? It does. Um, I mean, I did the 12 weeks of cognitive therapy, um, reliving every moment, mm-hmm step-by-step for 12 weeks was rough. Um, I'm a better person because of it, but I still get a panic attack here and there. Um, This past veteran day, now that I'm separated, was different. I was so used to the ceremonies, you know, the songs, and I was okay, but this one, it struck a little harder, Mm -hmm. and it was difficult to get through that day. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I bet like first veterans day separated. Definitely. Um, well, Melissa, I'm going to invite you next year. You need to come down here to these little kids that sing at the elementary school. They're That's so where I went cute. to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just like, like crying. Yeah. Um, but I have also talked to another battle buddy of mine, uh, 
that it was a completely different um, Veterans Day for her. And, and that, that's different. And it's uncomfortable. And it puts you into a lot of self-reflection and then and, and then again like some of those just scary thoughts that fear but clearly so let's 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 tackle that fear because you clearly are tackling that fear by pursuing a degree right in um to help veterans more you know um you had said you have a desire to help veterans are you hoping to do yes. that like through exercise science yes um I wasn't clear a couple of years ago of how, um, but exercise has always been a passion. Exercise helped me get through a lot of my PTSD. Um, I dove right into playing volleyball weekly with folks from different all walks because we would have an open um, session each week. And then I dove into obstacle course racing, which really gets you out of your head because you got to think about each course. Like, how can my tackle is? I'm not one physically able to, but things like tough mutter and Spartan race, you always Mm -hmm. have a buddy there to help you. And then you find yourself helping others get over those obstacles, even though those are physical obstacles, but they're also obstacles in your head. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When I, when I read in our messages about the obstacle racing, I was, (laughs) I thought that was super cool. So now we have an obstacle racing astronaut. Amazing. (laughs) Um, but I'm so glad you said that because I've, I've heard about Tough Mudder and those types of things, um, but I've never done them and they look super cool. However, like I haven't like for you to point out like that it also brings in that cooperation, that collaboration and that team building. Like I'm over here going, well, yeah, duh, I guess I should have known that you do that in the military and basic training boot camp, or anything outside of the outside of the military where you're doing um you know a group work and so I could see how obstacle racing that physical stuff but then having to put your brains together and and work together you know and not want to throat punch each other so that <laughs> I bet was super cool super That's cool reason to exercise it's not the throat punch I think I say that on the daily <laughs> uh so for I I think one of the things and so you, you've kind of already answered it for us, but I, I know that self-care, and I hope everyone knows this, that self-care is so important physically, mentally, spiritually, whether that is, you know, a belief in a God or whether it's just energy or meditation, you know, just giving time for yourself. What kinds of things do you do that like you try to be consistent with because you have already seen them bring positive results into your life? Oh, you, you touched on it. The self-care, I like to call that those, those components like a chair. So anytime you sit in a chair, it has four legs. So you got your physical, your mental, your spiritual, your social, Uh, you take one away and that chair might, might still work but you take another one away and it's gone. You, you, mm-hmm. It doesn't effective. So my self-care, I like, I, I like to get pampered every now and then. I like to like take my hot baths and take a full, I mean, uh, in addition to exercising because throat punching is frowned upon, but I know so <laughs> lame. And then having a spiritual connection every, you know, even though I'm not a churchgoer all mm-hmm. the time, but I do try to connect 
So I try yeah. to have that, that chair. That's good. And you're at, I, I love the chair analogy because I've only heard of it as a tripod analogy with the three physical, mental, and spiritual. So I like that you threw in social because yes, how important is that? Because I mean, even if you take mental, physical, and spiritual, if, if like for myself, if I was to take out like my family and friends support, like I would be nothing, you know, exactly. I'd be a mess. And so good, clear. I think that's so important. And I want our listeners to hear that on every call, self-care, 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 because before we can go back down that hyper hyperbole that's not even the word before we could go down that metaphoric mountain did I get the right figurative language would you believe that I taught for 12 years <laughs> before we go down that mountain to go help someone else get back up it we have to feel confident in ourselves we have to feel full and we're not always going to be full hence the reason mm-hmm. like life takes from us daily and we need to make sure we, we take right back from life daily and everyone needs to make sure that they build things into their daily schedule daily. Like I was telling someone recently that even like putting a timer on your phone, sometimes you have to do that. Otherwise, next thing you know, like it's been five days and what have you done for yourself? Like, no. Okay. So is there, I, I want to, go on to the next question, but, um, I just kind of wanted to see before I go on to that, is there anything else that you feel you wish you would have known, uh, the younger Melissa, um, (laughs) for, so for like our audience that are like, might be younger veterans who start to listen to these stories of struggles, but then how you persevered and are still standing, like an astronaut obstacle boss, like what would you go back and I, I and I know I promise I'm, I'm getting better at like, I'm going to send these questions ahead of time, but poor Melissa here did not get any questions ahead of time. If you could go back and tell yourself a bit of advice, what like post, post return from your first deployment or second deployment, what might you tell yourself and I'll, I'll give you, unless you have something in mind, I'll give you an example. Um, yeah, I do. Okay, perfect. <laughs> no examples here. Surround yourself with a network pre-deployment separate, um, and make it an all woman one because we have a tendency as women to bash each other and we need to actually uplift each other. Um, I can't focus that, you know, can't emphasize that enough because when you're in an all male dominated career field, they will say ugly things. They will ask you, well, how did you get in this career field? Who did you sleep with? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's, you wouldn't think of that in this day and age, but I see it all the time. And women, we just need to make that network and do it early and and rely on that. When you are blue, it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. It is certainly okay to ask for help. And that's another piece of advice I would have to tell because I was so adamant that I didn't need anybody's help. Mm-hmm. 
and it's, that's per, that's perfect advice like it takes strength and courage to ask for help like you're you're going to fail yourself if you don't ask for help mm-hmm. but i love that you said you know as you were answering like get yourself a support system i completely thought you were going to say you know like when you return but you said make before make sure you have that before and i love that like even before you're ever put into like and again any listeners that are veterans or non-veterans like relationships connections listening listening to people like holy moly like making sure that you are that pillar of support so that when you need that pillar of support boom it's there for you so i love that advice that was awesome advice so other than stepping foot on you know like whatever planet you find (laughs) and continuing you know i'm not gonna let that go now and continuing (laughs) your uh mission to help veterans uh through your degree like if money and resources weren't an option like what is a goal or dream of yours like maybe it's with this degree like what would you hope to Oh, oh, you got some of mine. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I really want to have, because I've seen during my um, obstacle races, I've seen the Operation Warrior and all those programs for veterans, but I wouldn't mind having a whole acreage alone to do my own program. So it would be helping the the person like either through hunting or through horseback riding or just a collaboral of different things. Maybe it's just a hike, but it's a spiritual connection to get back to ourselves to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Actually just like over the last week, an amazing campground in Tennessee came across my Facebook feed and people were like, you know, we should buy this joking around. And And I'm over here dreaming already of how that could be a retreat. And so you and I have the exact thing in mind. I love that. Like giving, like paying it forward and giving it back. Like Mahatma Gandhi said, you know, like the best way to find yourself is to find yourself in the service of others. And I totally believe that. And I look forward to when you open that because I might run away from the horses, but that was just because of something tragic from Girl Scouts, but I will definitely go over and pet them or something. I appreciate you so much for being on here. Like I, I so very much want to hear stories of all different kinds. And I'm probably, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to have, you know, um, an off school boss, babe, astronaut aspiring astronaut on here again okay I'll stop I'll stop talking about it but thank (laughs) you (laughs) thank you for getting comfortable with the uncomfortable and going to that place and and sharing it with all of us because each and every one of us has struggles and some of them are traumatic and I hope that people understand that it 
your past doesn't define your future and you're going to need to find a friend like Melissa had and your and and they will be there for you to say something and make sure that you start you start doing the same for other people so that they can be a pillar of support for you when you need it so thanks again Melissa for joining us on the call and we'll see you next time on celebrate the struggle